Hello and welcome to another episode of Engaging in Teaching and Learning, where we are excited to share stories and perspective from Las Cruces Public Schools. Through interviews with students, teachers, and administrators, we want to collaborate and celebrate what's happening in our district and learn more about how we can all support all learners in LCPS. This podcast is produced by Virtual Learning Lounge, a network of online resources focused on teaching and learning. Please follow VL2LCPS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and please share feedback on the podcast and ideas for future episodes on our social media platforms at vl2lcps.net. Hello, everybody. Today, I am meeting with Michael Safera, Jorge Robles, and Blake Adkins to talk about esports. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of an exciting topic. It's relatively new in the district, um, at least at this scale. And, and so I'm excited to have everybody here. Um, so let's get started. What do you guys, so tell me, tell me about the structure. Like how does this relate to NMAA as an activity? Uh, sort of, let's just dive in there uh, if you want to start, Michael. Uh, sure. So um, it's considered uh, to be an activity under the NMA guidelines. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, though, I consider it to be uh, a sport because we are competing against other high schools. Um, and so what we've done is we've created this uh, collection of schools and games that uh, we can play. Uh, and then we can go and compete against other high schools uh, locally and also uh, schools across the entire state. Uh, and it also gives students an opportunity to actually compete for a state championship, which is really exciting. That's pretty awesome. Um, so, so now that it's, it's kind of an official activity, you know, uh, we can, we, do we have, is there like an in-district play and out-of-district play sort of thing like we have with other sports? Um, right now, that's actually, there is no district play just because it's still in the developing stages. Um, but I noted, uh, I know that I think we're almost close to 50 schools that are participating uh, in esports right now. Uh, and I know that as we grow, we're going to have the ability where we can compete regionally uh, and then uh, on a state level, in my opinion. But Right now, it's actually pretty much we play against any school that is competing. Uh, so we can play against schools in Albuquerque, Alamogordo, uh, Clovis, Roswell, anywhere across the state that has a team. That's awesome. Um, the great things, Michael, on that too is mm -hmm. the system we're using, Playverse, through the state of New Mexico, the, the corporation they partner with, um, is directly tied to regional competition. So when we're not in our spring, which is our official state competition, um, in the winter, we're open to regional competitions where our students can participate against everybody in the country. And these competitions are monitored and recognized by major universities, Division One, Division Two universities. Right. Students can be tracked and um, recruited for scholarships. That's cool. So Jorge and Michael, you guys are coaches, right? You're, you, yes. you work for your respective schools and, and kind of do all the recruiting thereof. But Blake, you know, you're not, you don't work for this district, but uh, tell us, tell us your role. How are you connected on all of this? Because every time we talk about esports, your name comes up. Yeah, I, I uh, hope that's a good thing. Um, no, thanks for having me today. I really do appreciate everybody. Um, you know, so it, uh, it's, it's interesting where esports is today. I, I'll, let me just introduce myself first. My name is Blake Atkins. I'm with Riverside Technologies. Um, so we are a vendor and a sponsor um, but we're also a little bit more than that. Um, we do work um, hand in hand with NMAA. Um, you know, I am on the advisory board with them. Um, so there's, there's some, you'll, some folks will see uh, announcements that get passed through from 
um, you know, Dusty and AJ in that group. And then sometimes you'll see me in there as well. Um, my role in the state right now, uh, before the pandemic, um, we hosted a, uh, a very unique tournament, the first one of its kind in the state where we were able to uh, pull together some higher ed teams or some teams from higher ed and also some teams from the K-12 um, uh, group. It was a non-sanctioned event, but it was pretty amazing to pull all these people together and, and host a, a conference that uh, for all, all intents and purposes, went really well. Could have, could have, could have had a lot of other outcomes out of that. But um, we had CNM, we had uh, UNM, we had uh, uh, NMSU. Um, we also had uh, three of the schools up north, uh, or three other schools um, that are in the NMAA as well, um, which was really exciting and really neat to see. It was neat to see that collaboration. And, you know, you could actually see recruiting actually happening, uh, which is legal because that's probably the other big uh, crossroads that you see in esports today. And that is, is it a club? Is it a sport? Uh, it, you know, at this level, it's a club. Um, at the higher ed level, uh, some cases, yes, some cases, no. Um, most of those are trying to move in that direction. Um, in the state of New Mexico, several of the higher, higher ed groups um, that are more in the um, the regional groups like the, the Easterns and the Santa Fe Community College and the, some of the other schools that are throughout uh, uh, Highlands, others like that, uh, San Juan College, they're all putting together stadiums um, so that they can be a place where people do come. Um, they're trying to integrate um, that relationship also with the K-12, with the NMAA group. And so that's kind of where I come in. Uh, the pandemic really, really got in the way of a lot of things in life. Um, ironically, this is the one thing that you wouldn't think it would have gotten away of, but it is what it is. Um, so when the state does do the tournament again, and when uh, the NMAA, we're working on doing a few mobile platforms that can go regionally throughout the state to help push this uh, along because access is a huge issue. Um, and you know everything else that we don't have control over. So I probably went over on my time, guys. Sorry, but no, that's, that's okay. who I am, and that's that's my role. And my, I'm really, uh, I can sell everything to everybody, but my my real thought first is let's get it up and running. Um, so we, we we're donating whatever we can in time and uh, resources and whatever we can to pull um, other uh, vendors with deeper pockets to to make. Um, uh, donations to the NMAA and others so that we can put together these labs. So I'll have two hats. You'll know when I'm selling and you'll know when I'm not. And right now I'm not. So I'm, I'm on your side always, regardless. Well, that's great. And I'm, you know, I'm hoping, you know, once, once we get through this pandemic, we can, we can do some more events like that. I know uh, talking to Jorge and Michael, one of the things we, we run into a lot of is, is recruiting and getting students interested and getting them on the teams yeah. Um, and I think your kinds of events are a good way to bring awareness and, uh, get people excited about it. Um, and you know, the, the pandemic was, was kind of detrimental to, a, to programs that were just getting started. So I'm hoping we have kind of a bright future going forward with this. Um, so let's talk about the games. Like what kind of games are they playing for competition? Uh, and you know, what sort of, uh, interactions is that creating, you know, how does how does that work, basically? So um, one of the games that um, is really pushing, and it's probably the most popular nationwide in universities, is League of Legends. It um, 
It actually in last year's um, League of Legends uh, North American Championships, it had better ratings in the NBA Finals. So yeah. um, it is a global just phenomenon. So the kids participate in that, and it is an incredibly it takes a lot of memory and problem solving and skill to play that game. And you have to work with uh, four other teammates or to cooperatively accomplish these little tasks to over- overcome the other team. And then you have rocket league, which is a little bit more based on hands-eye coordination. It's basically soccer with uh, remote control cars. And that one's really fun. It's a, it's a quicker play. It's um, in and out. You can play that uh, game in five minutes versus league of legends. Sometimes that takes about an hour. Um, they have Smite, which is kind of the 3D version kind of, of League of Legends. It's, it's gaining popularity. And they just added through uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox um, FIFA, which is soccer, and Madden, which is football, uh, for kids to participate in. So, so for every year, they've been expanding the games that kids can play. And they're looking for games that are cooperative, um, they're skill-based, and, um, and they're also kid-friendly, not necessarily – um, the shooters that some people think kids associate with uh, competitive gaming. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point, Jorge, is that a lot of the games that we do do, uh, we, we completely avoid the first-person shooters. Um, I know it's extremely popular with the kids, especially the teenagers. We understand that. Um, but the biggest thing, again, to follow on Jorge, is we're really looking for uh, games that are teams. Uh, we want kids that are cooperating together, that five-man team for League of Legends. You've got five kids that have to come together, work together, communicate, and that's important. Rocket League, again, three-man team. Uh, and to us, that's really important because we want those interactions with students, not just an individual playing by themselves. And I think, I think at least, at least for me, because I'm I'm kind of new to learning about esports as well. One of the big misconceptions is, you know, the games you that are being played. You know, we're not playing Call of Duty and and right. sort of those violent type first person shooters. The games that are being played really focus more on um, sportsmanship and teamwork. And, and things like that and, and are more skill-based uh, especially like I've, I've played rocket league and I'm terrible at it. Um, <laughs> Join the league. <laughs> I, so, I have a story on that. So when I, when we did this, uh, we did it with the, the thing that we hosted for the Thai conference. Um, that was actually league of legends. And boy, I, I didn't even know what it was when I signed up for all this boy, what, what a, what a learning experience. And when, during that conference, when that was happening, what was really evident was there were, you know, a lot of people, a lot of age groups looking at this because we took the whole room over. It was a technology conference and everyone's looking up at the wall at this, this amazing playing that's going on that not very many people understood. But what everybody did understand was the look on everybody's face that was understanding what was happening. And what was really going on there was that you had a lot of kids who you had no idea who they were. Uh, they, they could have been physically challenged. They could have been female. They could have been male. They could have been anything, but they're on a team and they were one and you could see it. And you could even see in that particular area, there's a coach that's walking around as well. And, and there's the shout casting. There's so much happening there. Um, that it's very exciting. And what was the biggest piece for us was that when uh, the Rio Rancho High School beat CNM just barely, and the, the, the energy in this place was just taken over. And, and it was also pretty amazing when you got to see the kids after and um, just how proud of themselves that they were. And, you know, a couple of them 
clearly were, were folks that, you know, were, were emotional because they hadn't had that opportunity. And, and that's what this is about, too. It's teamwork. Uh, it's, it's technology. And it's, it's opportunity. Yeah. And back to that last statement, it, the, the crossover from club to sport also has an issue with the NCAA because of the amount of money that can be generated that many of these kids who have their own private accounts at home are already getting influencer dollars. So it's an interesting paradox. It's not going anywhere except for up. But now how do we corral that as a group in, in higher ed and in K-12 to make it successful for these students? And I like how you talked about the coaching part. Um, I think when I first started coaching two years ago, I wasn't exactly sure how video game kids would receive a, a, a coach. They, they thrive on it. They, they look for the organization. Um, yeah. As a teacher, it helps. Um, we talk physics constantly with Rocket League. You have to understand literal physics, the ability to maintain in the air and how it's affected by rotation and spin. I mean, these things they wouldn't care about, except for when they're trying to score a goal, all of a sudden it becomes vital for them. Um, same thing, they're, they're so, so young, but these organization that a coach can provide has really helped them kind of grow. They like having the coach around because it, it lets them just focus on their gameplay and not some of those cooperative team stuff that they're slowly building at this age. Mm-hmm. And, and also to continue on one of the things I thought was important that Blake said is talking about the accessibility. Um, I mean, my two daughters behind me are actually playing League of Legends right now and they're gamers. And and one of the nice things about esports is 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 it's a platform for everybody, right? If we've got disabilities, male, female, uh, super athletic, things like that, it really levels the playing field and, and it's a wonderful uh, activity uh, slash sport that, that anybody can join. Um, there's no limitations. It's just a matter of if you're willing to learn, uh, if you're really willing to put in the practice. Uh, and to me, that was one of the important things because I had a lot of students that had nowhere to go. And video game is a passion of many, many, many students. And it's a wonderful opportunity for these kids to get together and be part of a team where where a lot of times they've never had that opportunity. And it's just really exciting for these kids to be to be part of something. Which one's a jungler? Which one's it? Well, actually, <laughs> it's, it's, it's ADC support. So they actually duo together. So uh, I must say there's, there's a shortage of those, apparently. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell yeah, me more about League of Legends. I've I that's that's one I haven't played. Um, I understand that one is free to play. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. League of Legends but... is a free to play. Um, and it, again, it's a five man team where uh, each position has its own role uh, as far as top, mid, jungler, right? ADC and support. Um, and, uh, you know, it's one of those games, it's free to play. Uh, and it, it's really kind of at the beginning, easy to learn, uh, but it's extremely hard to master. Uh, because it takes it takes a, a pretty good high skill cap to understand all of the little intricacies and all the little things that actually happen within the game. Um, things, honestly, for me that I didn't even realize until uh, I kind of started coaching and realizing the amount of research and things that I needed to be looking at uh, to have a successful team. Um, so, so it's like I said, it's free to play, easy to learn, but it, it's very tough to master. <laughs> so, and it's a good game because uh, a lot of Students join the club not playing these type of games. They are used right. to first-person shooters, but it's a nice environment. The culture of the game is is inviting. It they want to teach each other. So you bring a new student in and they create their own account, 
and it's designed to slowly tear them up till they get to a place where they can master it. So there is a natural built-in tier system. And then these, since it's a team play, the faster you can help your teammates learn, these kids really help each other grow quickly. It's not necessarily uh, push somebody aside. It's the more we have, the faster we grow. So um, I, I found that really a nice thing as far as the, the learning curve in that game. You can bring a kid who's never played in and within you know a semester, they can be up and running. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I- and as I say, and I do agree with that. It, it, it's nice because the game has lots of tools uh, that if you know how to use them, you can use for your students to learn, to practice uh, that ability to take and actually create one-on-one matchups with other players so they can show them things. Um, and, and so really the League of Legends has come a long way in, in, in making it um, customizable for players. Uh, that way they can learn quickly uh, and, and accelerate at a much uh, faster pace than when like I started playing, there's been a lot of improvements. So and it sounds to me like everybody on the team has a specific role. So it seems to me like maybe it's just it's not one player that's kind of carrying everybody. Like they all have to work together to to achieve this goal because they all have their own specific sort of niche that they're responsible for on that team. Is that Matt? They also record they record everything too. So just like any team, but probably even better, they they have the footage uh, depending on how how much storage they keep, etc. But they have the ability to keep the storage of the games and talk through it. They also get to be able to keep this, this, um, some of the things that they do in their own personal profiles as they go on, you know, and try to get into a school and be on an esports team in higher ed, which the higher ed people are looking. And so it's a, it's a great marriage. And the gentlemen that are uh, on this call that are doing this, that's, I'm sure that's out of your own free time. And that's a huge investment you're making to these kids in the future uh, of, of, you know, their futures. I think it's amazing. So hats off to all of you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, back to the, uh, the the question as far as the each each role, um, it, it is it's it, it's rare that you have one player that will carry a game, and occasionally it does happen if you've got somebody that's really high rank and it has that ability. But more often than not, it takes all five players coming together, uh, communicating, talking to achieve that goal because because you do have to have everybody uh, working together. Um, and, and if you don't, then that the, the game falls apart. And the nice it thing sounds is, like, oh, go ahead. It has personality types almost too with the roles. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it, also some people have like a more aggressive approach. Some people like to kind of slow play things. So the roles kind of naturally lend towards personality types. So you can mix people pretty well, which is kind of a nice component of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the difficulty part lies. Cause I, I can't remember. I was counting a, a, a month ago. There's a hundred and, 20 plus characters uh, for students to try and learn and master. And so knowing those characters really also changes the dynamics of the game. How do I play against this character that has this ability? Um, How do I match this or counter that? Um, And I think that's where that kind of that skill cap, it it starts to get difficult is being able to have at least some mastery of of the majority of these characters. That's where we do our homework as teachers. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's study time. We literally, these kids, it, it's, it's a memorization game. You, they, they keep the track in their mind. Like, Oh, that yeah. guy used his attack. I got 12 seconds till it resets and they keep all these timers in their head. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's incredible. <laughs> and that's, I mean, it really is. I mean, it's kind of interesting part of esports. the professional gaming age is 16 to 26. I mean, by 26, yeah. they're retired. There was just something intuitive at this 
cerebral point in their stage where they're they're just perfect for it. it they're they're designed mentally and physically to play at this age and they can retain all this stuff just quick they communicate differently too if yeah. you yeah. noticed exactly. it's very interesting what you're seeing happening uh, their yeah. brains are functioning on a very high level <laughs> yeah absolutely and that's, and that's kind of where i wanted to go with this is you know maybe something that's underrated about esports is is the educational value you know we're they're developing critical thinking skills communication skills uh hand-eye coordination um all sorts of different things all tied together. I mean, you talked about with Rocket League, you know, you're, you're talking about physics properties and things like that. It just, it all kind of brings in everything together, uh, which I think is great. Yeah, and that is absolutely correct. I mean, there, there, people don't realize the amount of information and time it takes, especially again, League of Legends for me is, is lots of time doing research and figuring out players and then teaching these kids and timers and hit points. And, and you're really right. There's a lot of memorization, critical thinking, um, problem solving. How do we fix this? How do we achieve this objective? Hand-eye coordination. And, and, and again, a lot of people just don't see it that way. Uh, I, I think, unfortunately, the a lot of the, the esports and the video games has gotten a bad rap for, for quite a few years. And we're really working on trying to change uh, that mentality and the perception of what really goes on and what we really do. And you'd be impressed with, um, I think within the first two weeks when I started coaching, I had this wonderful student, Lewis, who just, it blew my mind because he took some organization things. I mean, he got us a Twitch account so that way we could live stream instantly every game so that, I mean, it's a, it's a, they crawl out of their shells, don't they? It's a sport that has a <laughs> yeah. live streaming system built into it already. Like we don't yeah. have to develop it. Um, he created, we got on discord, which is another application so we can communicate. And we had charts we had every kind of, I mean, it's better than what we're using to teach with, to be honest. And, and they have their own language, which you have to learn as a coach. Cause some of the right. they use <laughs> just don't resonate with an adult, but they they have a system and they they their ability to incorporate technology uh, telecommunication platforms sharing information file sharing like seamlessly is really good it's amazing and they share it with each other so that's what we're doing during this pandemic is the stuff that they're learning through this game they learn how to communicate and work together which is kind of amazing mm -hmm. hey man i know one other thing, Matt, that I noticed when you guys do get the ability to get back in and have them come in is that um, when I did this with UNLV with their group, um, it, it in in that that meeting and in that that process, it turned out that um, the CIO didn't even know that the esports teams were using labs at night, but the lab people were letting them do it on purpose because. They had an agreement and the labs were leaving cleaner than they came, than they left. And they would, these are yeah. IT kids. They were able to also do ticket tickets on things that were broken. It was, it was beautiful. And, yeah. and that continues today. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, when I was growing up, when I was in high school and middle school, I was, I played video games a lot. And that was kind of what ignited my passion for technology and, and set me on the career path I'm on. You know, I still play video games, but Nothing, nothing is quite that competitive. I, I stick with the RPG type games, you know, the Elder Scrolls and Fallout series and those kinds of games. So right. not, not exactly team-based, but <laughs> my, my social anxiety keeps me off the big online games, but <laughs> it's still enjoyable. Um, yeah. And I know with, uh, you know, we were just getting started with, with esports in the district. You know, you guys were starting to pick up some steam and then ransomware happened. 
uh, which was a huge blow to the program because now you can't use computers and we have all this other stuff going on. We get back on track from that and, and then the pandemic kicks in. So what do you think, uh, sort of what's, what's your hope for the future? What does the future look like for, for eSports and, and LCPS? Um, well, I know one for, for, for me personally, uh, your, your contributions to us, Matt, has been tremendous uh, as far as us being able to actually um, acquire uh, computers. And so I know for us, that's going to be a huge draw for kids. One of the, one of the biggest setbacks for students is, is most of them don't have gamer parents like myself. Yeah. Uh, and so they don't have gaming computers at home and they can be expensive. So for us, our future, we're looking at um, hopefully creating this lab, wonderful computers for these kids to come and play on. I know that's going to help grow our program uh, and really looking at recruiting for the future games and keep this program growing uh, and, and looking at expanding. Hopefully we have other high schools uh, that'll start going on um, like Chris High School Jorge and uh, we can get more students involved. And uh, from there, I think the sky's the limit really. Um, when we look at Blake is talking about uh, the um, colleges and things like that. A lot of my old students that were part of my gaming club and esports have gone on to create, uh, like at NMSU, uh, Matt is uh, one of the organizers of the esports at the college. Uh, they're working towards getting scholarships and things like that. They haven't quite got there, but it's in progress. And I, and I think, again, that point, we're going to get to that point where we're going to have lots of kids going to school for video games and earning scholarships for video games. And I think that that really the sport in this in, in this state is just going to continue to grow and expand band beyond I think even my expectations I think I would say I'm really blessed to be in a district in a school my administration has been amazing um, with your guys support of the lab they've given me a space and um, my goal is to make it as legitimate and um, for the students to come in and see that we're taking it serious for their parents to come in and see that this is a legitimate sport and an activity that's organized and it has a positive feel around it um, I can't say enough. The kids want to be together. This, this stigma that these kids want to hide yeah. in their rooms, that when they got to play together, it changed a lot for them. They really appreciate the face-to-face -face interaction, which I think is, you know, we all realize how important that is these days. Um, mm -hmm. for sure. And like, I actually was surprised within the first year, I had a student just through this network that we're using to play with. He, we got a recruitment email just I didn't reach out to them they didn't reach out to the universities can reach out to us and there was a student who barely cared about video games he didn't even realize he was that good at it um, so the the scholarship opportunities can come and it's just a matter of the systems there we just got to get the kids in here and spread the word and, and change the narrative of how people look at esports because it does invite a different demographic for kids to succeed and feel like winners. Yeah, Absolutely. I think that's great. Yeah. And, and I do think that's the important part uh, is creating that space. And I think we're on the right track. We've got the, the basics now. Uh, again, same with me. Our administration has been wonderful. Uh, we've got a room already and set up. I just need to hopefully get back to the school one of these days so we can set up the lab. But I think for us, that's the important part is, is having a place 
for these kids to come together because like Corey said it, it's really important for these kids to actually play together and spend time we got to, I got to enjoy that for a little bit last year uh, and it was really neat seeing these kids in there high-fiving and giving pats on the back and and especially the kids that had never played before and they're trying their best and they make this one amazing play in the game and that was like the highlight of the whole day you know and that made that kid's day he he was just on on cloud nine I finally yeah I got it <laughs> so that's awesome and, and I know you know, Blake worked with us a lot on getting those labs set up, um, getting those going for you. You know, I think he was trying to sell me furniture and at one point, and I was like, well, really, we need the computers first. And he said, oh, I, I can get you there. So, yes. you know, he got us a good deal, and, and I took that through the administration, and we got it all going. Yeah. And I hope it's something we can continue. You know, it's not just a one-time deal, but because computers, right. you know, especially gaming computers, they got to be replaced pretty often. So, right. But I'm excited to see that that administration across the board at LCPS is supportive of this, and and Absolutely. I'm I'm hoping after this latest setback, we can really start growing the programs, get more high schools on board. Uh, I know Onyate and and Cruces are kind of taking the lead here, but we really want to get all of the programs on board and really grow this into something big. So. Um, that's really all I had to discuss. Do you guys, I, so I'm just going to open it up. Is there anything you want to talk about? Blake, Blake, you look like you got something to say. I, I always <laughs> do. I can't help it. You, you said you only had 20 minutes and I was like, well, what are the other guys going to do? So, <laughs> That's no, right. I, I edit the leave. podcast, so we can make it as long as we want. <laughs> well, no, I, I would just leave with this. I, I do really fall back on, on how, it, it pulls people into a mix that they normally wouldn't have been socially. Um, it, it's pretty amazing. There was a, uh, while we were doing the, the other, uh, one of our tournaments, uh, CNN was doing a really large one in the background um, that particular weekend. And the, the gentleman who runs that program shared with me a really uh, great story. And that is that uh, one of the kids who won um, was very, very emotional. Uh, he won like just some, some, whatever the legal amount you can win in those tournaments. So, so it's not something huge, but like a little trophy or something, but it was very emotional. And, and the, they thought there was a problem and he went to talk to him and uh, it turned out that he was just so, so happy. He said, I've just, not only have I never won anything, I've never actually competed for anything in my entire life. And so there's a lot of folks that are in that boat that just haven't had the opportunities. Um, and this really opens up a lot. And, uh, so I'm all behind it. Uh, whatever I can do to help you guys. I really appreciate being a part of this podcast too. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and absolutely. And again, I, I want to say thank you, Matt, for, for bringing us here and, and kind of hopefully, you know, again, uh, breaking those um, uh, misconceptions about what we do and, and the things that we do for our kids. And, and then from there, just opening up to those students, understanding that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity uh, again here in Cruces. Again, I, I'm really proud that Jorge is, is behind this and, and doing everything he can. Uh, and, and just if you guys are ever interested to, to get those students in the classroom, and I'm excited for that lab next year. And, and I look at it as sky's the limit. Uh, as long as we keep getting the backing from LCPS, uh, I think we can really grow this to something that is going to be uh, recognized by uh, the district and the state and maybe even outside our state as we continue and, and push forward. Uh, one last thing I wanted to add is um, I think there's a concept with video games that you're not doing your schoolwork, which is a problem. Um, a lot of kids and a lot of parents are frustrated with how video games interfere with school. Um, by making this an activity, with the state 
they have to have the grades. So yeah. I mean, one of my favorite stories was I had a student the first year, he was our leader and his mom literally came and pulled him out of practice and he did not play the rest of the year because he wasn't getting it done. And then the next year he was our team captain and she shouldn't have, but on graduation day, um, that woman came and gave me a big old hug and she, she said, we did it. We got him through. And, um, <laughs> you know, if you're, you know, parents who worry that their kids are more distracted with video games, it's, it's a good caveat to get them to get their grades up. And, you know? and they do have to go under all the other yeah. uh, rules of the NMAA, whether you're a club or the full sport. So, I mean, that's, that's key. You, you have to abide by that. So good point, Jorge. Oh, yeah. And I think, and I think one of our challenges with this is, is really kind of, you know, video games get a bad rap in the media because all you see are that, you know, kids screaming names at each other and, um, you know, throwing controllers and things like that. But e that's not esports. This is, this is something completely different. This it's, it's got structure, it's got value. Uh, and, and it's, it's in a much more sort of <clears throat> controlled environment, so to speak. Yeah, and um, I think I think that's a good way to put it because you do have coaches, and that's yeah. one of the things that we teach is sportsmanship. That was one of the first things that I was talking to my kids. They were doing some things and taunting, and I pulled them aside, and you will not do that again, or you will not be part of this team. We play with respect and sportsmanship and good game and congratulations. And yeah, and that's a really good point, Matt. It's because we have coaches there monitoring our students, and we try and instill those um, uh, those things that we want in our kids and how we want to play. And just like yeah, every activity, they're coming out, they're, they're taking time out of their life. They want the structure. I mean, they could play at home without us, but they're deciding that they want this structure. They want the camaraderie. I mean, a simple thing was the first week um, I have a AFK where they have to be away from their keyboard if they say a bad word, even type it or anything. So mm -hmm. if they're playing and they accidentally slip and say a bad word, that that's a minute. They can't touch the keyboard and they that's <laughs> devastating to them. Yeah. <laughs> So it really, you know, it, if we can, you know, some of those little things that's part of the culture of video games, cursing and throwing a fit and tantrums, um, coaching helps get rid of that. We can change the environment, the way that the, the whole culture of video game plays through the educational process. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, you know, the few online games I have played, I can, I can definitely say that, that the mainstream culture um, could definitely use some more positive influences. Um, and I think esports is a great way to do that. Absolutely. So, well, thanks everybody for coming. I really, I think this is a great discussion. Um, I definitely want to visit back with you guys again. Uh, you know, when we have a, a like a real season going again, uh, yeah. hopefully next semester may be looking good. So, um, looking forward to that and we'll definitely come back and and talk about this some more but thanks again everybody and uh yeah thank you matt for having us and yeah hopefully next week we can we can be in our labs and show off our labs <laughs> yeah we'll have to make a do a video and stuff because those are pretty flashy computers you got there exactly so. if you ever awesome. have me back i'll be blessed but thank you for having me so much yes thank you again. Awesome. <laughs> thanks everybody Thank you again for your time today, and we look forward to listener feedback on today's show. Please reach out to us with questions or comments at vl2 at lcps.net. Thanks so much for listening in today, and we'll see you next time.